Welcome into the Daily Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Evan. Usually, I'm accompanied by my co-host, Trip, but he is currently busy with some work stuff. But nonetheless, I have a very special guest on the podcast today, Darren Doogie Wolfson, one of the best out there. Darren, how's it going? Hello, Evan. I can't fault Trip. He's a mover and a shaker, a big-time business guy. He's got far better things to do than to talk about a losing team. But I appreciate you bringing me into the conversation. I say this all the time, Evan. You overrate me. I'm not nearly as good as you think I am, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Noogie, you undersell yourself. We love you in Minnesota. Um, I love listening to the Scoop podcast as well. That is a great listen for those out there who need a good listen for Minnesota sports. But nonetheless, we're here today to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, everybody listening right now probably wants to learn about the Carl Anthony Towns injury. But right before we get into that juicy topic, I just want to take the injury out right now and just talk about the team from what we've seen as a whole this season. It's been a surprising year. I don't think any of us saw it coming. What can you make so far, in your opinion, of the Timberwolves and their struggles so far this year? Yeah, Evan. I mean, I certainly don't have all the answers. I'm scratching my head, just like I'm sure a lot of people at Mayo Clinic Square are as well. But I can certainly opine. I mean, based on what I've seen, yeah, I'm with you. Like, through 21 games, did I foresee a losing record, especially with a favorable schedule? Heck no. I did not. I mean, the rest of the way, Evan, they have the seventh toughest schedule in the league. The time to stockpile wins was, well, certainly the first 12 games, but even, you know, through these first 2021. Like, they should have a winning record right now. They don't. Why don't they? Well, they end up losing the first quarter way too often. Inevitably, when they lose the first quarter, they go on to lose the game. Now, they do have one win this year when trailing after one. But inevitably, like so often, you know, they lose that first quarter. They go on to lose the game. Effort has been an issue far too often, Evan. The head coach, Chris Finch, has cited that. Like, he shouldn't have to coach effort, but he's trying to coach effort. And it goes hand-in-hand with the Wolves giving up more open than any other team in the league. Then on the offensive side, you know, we can go through a number of individuals. The roller coaster season so far for Anthony Edwards, better of late. But I think we expected more here in year three. There was so much talk over the summer about guys making this massive leap year two to year three. It can still happen. There's still a long way to go. But through 21, we haven't necessarily seen that. You know, my guy Jalen Noel has been a roller coaster, although I think he's taken a step forward this year, positioning himself for a nice contract next summer. You know, Rudy Gobert isn't blocking shots like we thought he might. In terms of rebounding, they're about the same rebounding team this year that they were last year, but they were better last year. Offensive rebounding. They really don't gather enough offensive rebounds for the guys they have. Like, I would have thought they would have a lot more offensive rebounds than they do, right? So there's all sorts of guys we can nitpick, we can analyze, we can go over and say, okay, you know, this game, that guy was way off, but Truth of the matter is, Evan, outside of last Wednesday, the game in Indiana, out of their 21 games, outside of that one game, they have not had a complete effort. So that means 20 of their 21 games, they have not had a complete effort. And I'd be okay with them losing games if I felt like I saw a complete effort. 
But in those other 20, I haven't seen it. I did see it last year in Indiana, so we know they are capable. Yeah, the effort thing, I think, at least for me personally, has been the most frustrating thing of the year. And I've brought it up before on my podcast. I brought it up before just on my Twitter. The effort thing just drives me nuts because you can't put the blame on like Chris Finch for the players not going out there and putting in effort. And and, and that's what's frustrating, right? Um, the coach is always going to get some of that that heat, but you know he's just trying to do his best, and the players aren't giving him their all every time they go out there. You know, you hear booze at Target Center. Rightfully, a lot of the fans, from what I've seen on social media, they're mad because there isn't effort or the team isn't trying, not always because the Timberwolves are losing games. And so I think that's been just tough, a tough pill to swallow. The consistency has been an issue too, right? So they're not playing every quarter um, with that consistency. They're struggling certain quarters. Anthony Edwards takes off some nights or earlier in the year he said he didn't play good on back-to-backs or you know, that, that's not an excuse to not come in and play hard every day. And, and there's other guys too, right? You know, D'Angelo's been off this year. You said it, Rudy Gobert's had issues with, with the rebounding. Well, how do we bring in the best rebounder and, you know, arguably the best rebounder in the NBA? We bring in a shot blocker. We bring in a guy who could fix the defense, hopefully, in the interior. And, and you know, he's really struggled with that. We, we're, we haven't taken a a huge leap forward with the two bigs that we did have. And so I've just been struggling to figure out what is really going wrong with the team. What, why can't they seem to, to really gel? I know it's only been a, you know, 20 game sample size, but it, it's starting to get to the point where we're going to have to really take a look in the mirror, Doogie, and, and figure out, Hey, you know what, what's really working here. And, and, you know, did we, did we make an error? by by trading for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I mean, I'm as flummoxed as you are now. The saving grace is all these teams in the West Conference outside of, you know, Houston, San Antonio starting to lose. We know that they're mm-hmm. not a play-in team or a playoff team. Oklahoma City in the same boat, right? But pretty much every other team, I guess the Lakers too. The Lakers aren't going anywhere, although I love watching what Anthony Day is doing right now. But all the other teams... You know, I mean, they're separated by what? Two, three games? I mean, Sacramento is what? 10 and 9. The Wolves are 10 and 11. Sacramento is what? 5th or 6th in the West. The Wolves Mm -hmm. are 11th. I mean, the Wolves can win tonight against Memphis, win on Saturday against OKC, and guess what? They're like 5th or 6th in the Western Conference. It can flip snap of the fingers. There are examples. Think about the Boston Celtics last year, how they flipped a switch after the first of the year. So there are examples we can cite over the years. Now, there are examples we can cite of teams going the other way, right? There's 21 games. Guess what? You're not going to reach your goals. But there are examples like the Celtics last year of a team that struggled through the first 20, 25 games adjusting to a new coach, then figured it out at a high level. So it is still possible for the Wolves to achieve their goal. Whether it was stated publicly or not, the goal has top Western Conference, which means home court advantage in the first round. Now, if you're asking me to predict whether the Wolves achieve that goal, I will say no. I will say no, they become a top four team in the West. But point is, that goal is still attainable. But I'm as confused as you are, as many fans are. 
I just, in a million years, like if you had told me in August that we would be sitting here on November 30th mm-hmm. talking about a losing team, I would have told you you were nuts, right? Like I would have said, what? Like, are you drunk? Are you high? I no. I, for a million, you know, bucks or in a million years, you know, right. no way. Right. I don't believe you. I just don't believe you. Right. If you had approached me, like say at the state fair, right in late August, I would have been like, no, yeah. heck no, no way. But lo and behold, here we are, Evan, talking about a losing team. You know, are the guards. So we look at D'Angelo Russell. We look at Anthony Edwards. Do you think that the guard play, because that, that's been a pretty big issue this year, I would say the guard play and the inconsistency, the up and down, the, are we, you know, the, the ball watching, we've all seen those clips now where a lot of our guards are kind of standing up watching. They're not going in to grab the rebounds. And you look at other teams and a lot of those guys are because you really do need, you know, those guys to rebound as well. You really need those guys to try to go for the loose balls, those 50-50 plays, right? And so do you think the guards, Doogie, are hurting the Wolves? And, and you know, are are the guards themselves, if we were to sit down behind the scenes and ask Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell if they really do think the two big man thing is working or do they kind of tell you that, you know, they didn't, when the trade went down, you know, they didn't want to play with two bigs all along. That just doesn't fit their play style of how they want to play. Well, the guard have been an issue, right? Like this should not be some sort of Rudy Gobert bash session because it's all encompassing. And yeah, I mean, we can talk about the, the rebounding deficiencies, how they're about the same rebounding team as last year, far better last year, offensive rebounding wise than they are so far this year. Yeah. I mean, Some of it is on the guards, not all of it, but certainly some of it. So we shouldn't just sit here and bash Gobert. I will tell you, like D'Angelo was very open-minded. His camp was very open-minded in a contract year to him playing with Rudy Gobert, a big man that, you know, in theory can roll like Rudy can roll right on the pick and roll. We've seen better examples of late, right? I mean, I certainly think the pick and roll chemistry, Russell with Gobert is a lot better today than it was a month ago. Hear that chatter. I mean, heck, we can cite Anthony Edwards early in the season going on the record saying it can be tough for me to do what I need to do with two bigs clogging the lane. Yeah. Right? Now, heck, Cat is a driver, right? I mean, Cat isn't like in the lane a ton. Cat is at the perimeter, you know, shot fake the three, drive to the basket, right? So like to me, with Cat now being out many weeks, right? Like, is that going to help Ant or hurt Ant? You know, I don't have the answer to that, but I will say I think Ant is helped when a defender goes to close out on Cat or multiple defenders are at the perimeter guarding Cat. That, in theory, opens up the lane for Ant. So now you take Cat out of the equation. Is the lane quite open like it could be for Ant? So, you know, I'm not in the boat of saying, okay, you know, cats out. Maybe this will be a good thing for the Wolves. Like to me, they're absolutely going to miss Cat. But heck, I'll tell you, Evan, I was texting back and forth with a coaching friend of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. He's on a staff of of a Western Conference, and like he told me, he thinks he thinks the Wolves may end up, you know, winning more games here with Cat out of the lineup than they lose. Right? And I had some people on Twitter. You know, I had a guy tweet me a write that down. Right? That's one of our themes at Score North. Right? Yeah. Right. And he said, write this down. 
the Wolves are going to have a winning record in the games that Cat misses, whether it's four weeks, six weeks. Cat should be back at point before February 1st. You know, some people are saying, okay, the Wolves are going to play better. I'm not quite to the point, especially considering the schedule the next four, five, six weeks. But, hey, you know, I'm open-minded, right? I'm not, like, poo-pooing it completely. I'm open-minded to seeing how this thing clicks with with Cat out of the lineup. Will it ultimately help Ant? Right? Can Ant really take that big, big leap we all thought would take place here in year three? Yeah, I think I think it could be a blessing in disguise as well. Um, you know, I think if you're a Timberwolves fan, that's what you got to hope for, right? And and you know, the two bigs thing, maybe that is real. Maybe Anthony Edwards has a point. I guess the play will prove it here. Now that you don't have two bigs, maybe he. Yeah, although the comeback, Evan, is like, you know. One of my buddies is J.B. Bickerstaff, head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? J.B. and I were at the U together and yeah. used to call Timberwolves games back in the day. So happy for J.B. Guess what? They're two bigs. It's working, right? And it's not like yeah. Donovan Mitchell is complaining or Darius Garland is complaining about Allen, about Mobley, you know, clogging up the lane. I mean, it looks like Donovan Mitchell's stats good as they've ever been. Right. So I, I think it comes down to what bigs you have. I just think Evan Mobley at 21 years old is just uber, uber, well, certainly uber talented, but, you know, he's very unique, right? Like he can do things Cat simply can't do. Right. I mean, I don't think yeah. Allen is that far above Gobert. I mean, I think they're comparable players in many ways, but I think why it works in Cleveland is just, well, and certainly having Darius Garland at point guard. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that helps. helps. A ton, but I'm just saying, like, it can work, right? I mean, I guess to a lesser extent, you know, Boston in the past has played when he's been healthy, Williams and Horford together. Now it helps to have Jalen Brown and Tatum and Marcus Smart and those guys. I get that, but it's worked in Boston, Milwaukee with Brooke Lopez and the Greek freak, right? Now I know Brooke Lopez isn't playing 36 minutes a night, but you know, in sample sizes, it's worked there too. So, I mean, there are examples of it working. I'm not going to sit here 21 games in, Evan, and tell you it's a complete failure. But if we're just going to evaluate seen through 21 games, yes, it has been a failure. But I'm not ready to, like, write the final chapter on the Gobert trade. So, so Carl Anthony Towns, now, Doogie, uh, everyone, you know, listening wants to know about the injury. So let's kind of, let's dive into that real quick. We can get off, you know, really the Gobert train for a second. Um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns gets hurt the other night. It doesn't look good. It looked like a pretty bad injury. It looked pretty serious, right? I mean, he couldn't even walk off the court uh, and put weight on it. And right away, everybody thinks it could be an Achilles, you know, or what could it be? It looked season ending when you watch it on television. You know, Carl Anthony Towns gets the MRI, comes back, we get the results, and now we know that Carl Anthony Towns, what is it, a right calf strain, and he's going to be out, you know, probably six weeks or several weeks. What what exactly did you hear about the injury and, you know, the severity, what we're looking at, just kind of the update on there. And then, and then I also just want to, you know, really know, Doogie, what's, you know, with the Carl Anthony Towns injury being out, like, who steps up next? Well, I mean, Kyle Anderson is going to play a lot more. Certainly Nas Reed as well. I know you're a big Luka Garza fan. 
heck, so am I. I've developed a little bit of a relationship with his dad. So maybe I'm biased just hearing some stuff from, from Papa Garza. But like Luca Garza, I've said it for a long time, Evan. There are more NBA and jobs available to me. Luca Garza is a prime example of that. Luca Garza right. is absolutely an NBA player, right? Yes. Just, just not enough jobs. Thankfully, he has, for his sake, a two-way deal. So play in the league. But there just aren't enough jobs available, standard contracts available for the amount of talent, not only in this country, but across the world. There's just so many good basketball players. But I personally would love to see Luka get a chance, but Kyle Anderson, Nas Reed. I'm with you. I'm with many others. When I saw that Comcast DC replay, I don't know why Bally Sports North didn't have a camera in that position, but Comcast DC, the Washington Wizards TV feed, had that replay where where Beal is running up the court, then you see Cat mm-hmm. running up the court. It's all over Twitter. It's it's the Wizards TV feed, and you know grabs that calf area, and the way he was grimacing in pain, I thought, oh crap, that's an Achilles, right? But soon thereafter, yeah. there just there wasn't buzz. Like there are tests they can do pretty immediately to determine if a guy tore his Achilles or not, if an athlete, man or woman, tore their Achilles. And so the fact that we didn't hear late Monday any buzz about torn Achilles, that was promising. But like calf strains, like that's a tricky, tricky injury. Like even with Jordan McLaughlin, a grade one, that's the best case scenario for a calf strain. That's still a seven to 10 day injury. And like I checked with somebody close to Jordan about his availability for tonight against And I was told 50-50. Well, guess what? The Wolves yesterday ruled him out. It wasn't even, hey, let's see where he's out at after shoot around. It was a quick, you know, 24 hours before the game. We're declaring him out, right? It's just the calf is a tricky one. I see it now with the Vikings, with Dalvin Tomlinson, mm-hmm. who the Vikings anticipate being back this week. They thought he'd be back for the Dallas game. So not only did he miss the Dallas game, he misses the Patriots game short week. But, like, the Vikings thought he'd be back sooner than he will be, right? And for a guy that size, certainly a tricky injury, the calf. But somebody of cat size, it's a tricky injury. So – that's why we can estimate, you know, with it being more severe than a grade one. I don't necessarily know if it's officially a grade two, but signs point to it being a grade two. But, like, I don't want the aggregators to to quote me on that. I don't know. I'm making this very clear. I don't know if it's officially a grade two. So it's more speculation, more reading between the lines. But And knowing it's not a grade one, it certainly looks like a grade two. So that's a, you know, four to six to eight week type recovery. So I'd like to think he's back before February 1st, but it can just it be a very tricky injury. So that's sort of just a wait and see, Evan. But we know he's going to miss, you know, minimum the next month. Like, we're not going to see Cat, you know, right? So the Wolves are going to have to navigate a number of games without him. For their sake, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. Even if you think they're going to have a winning record without him, I still think they're a better team with him, you know, versus without him. I'm not going out on a limb suggesting that so they want him back as soon as possible but it's just not an injury you can rush so you know sometime in january i'd love to tell you like i know it'll be january 10th compared to january 27th i don't have that answer at this point yeah somebody that you brought up uh, you know i just want to say that you know i'm one of the leaders (laughs) in the luca garza fan club well even josh minot like i think his energy could help them like 100 there are guys right um 
you know, even, you know, Nas Reed was out of the rotation for a game in the last week or two. And I'm thinking, what the heck? I mean, I get it. It's matchup based. Not like Nas was going to be out of the rotation for many games. It was just that particular game. But you know, there's a bunch of guys I look at and say, gosh, darn, you know, with your struggles, you know, why not give these guys, you know, more of an opportunity? I'd love to see my guy. Admittedly, I'm biased. I love Jalen Noel, but I'd have no problem with Jalen being on the shitting the offense, right? Especially the games D'Angelo struggled with Jordan McLaughlin out. You know, have Jalen initiate the offense more than he has, right? So, yeah, I mean, you know, from a fan standpoint, you know, there's things I'll look at and say, gosh, I'd like to see that or see that. But, hey, trust me, you know, they have about 15 coaches on staff, right? When you talk about their development coaches, their assistant coaches, I mean, there's darn near a coach for every player. So, trust me, you know, they spend every waking moment, you know, that they're over at that facility and they're over there, you know, those coaches for, you know, 10 to 12 hours, you know, some days they're pouring over this stuff. They're not, you know, they're not just, you know, here and there. Right. I mean, you know, we're watching and we're formulating some opinions, Evan, but you know, we don't spend nearly the amount of time that, you know, the people that it's their livelihood. Right. Yeah. So I'd like to think you know, to them that they know more than I do. So there's a reason why Luca hasn't been given an opportunity yet, but like you saw him flash in the preseason, you can't just help but wonder, you know, why not? You know, why not give him a chance and see what he can do? I mean, I I always say, you know, the kid starts off in, in the G League, has some big games. Okay, he's had a few few games here. But now you look at it, and so far this, you know, season, he's averaging 27.3 points per game, nine rebounds, shooting 67% from the field, and a scorching 55% from three. And yes, I know it's the G League. I know it's the G League. I know he's bigger than a lot of the players he, he's going up against. But those numbers, to me, that the fact he's doing it consistently, the fact he was just the G League player of the week, I mean, I'll just keep pumping this guy up, Doogie. I think there's something there. And I think with Pounds being out, the Timberwolves should give him a chance, at least give him a shot. I mean, that I, it's not just me being a fan. I, I just think, you know, the kid has, has game. He's young. He didn't, he didn't have that National Player Award in college for nothing. I mean, I really believe in the kid. I, I, uh, Frank, actually, his dad just followed me on Twitter, I believe. So shout out to Frank for me yeah, hyping up fun so much. Dude. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm with you, Evan. Like, you don't put up those sorts of numbers in the G League, then just fail, you know, badly at the NBA level. Like, to me, there is something there. The way he's he's reshaped his body body go back and watch iowa clips and now watch him like he has worked on his body so much that tells me the work ethic is elite his shot making can be elite he was always a great shooter at iowa right like we saw it in the big 10 right that shot is always going to translate like you're not a good shooter in college in the g league you know you're a crap shooter in the nba like that shooting is always going to translate so I'm with you. I'd love to see him get a chance. Heck, let's not forget when the Wolves convinced him to sign here, you know, there was some dialogue about, hey, like we believe in you, like offering you this deal if we didn't think maybe you could eventually help us. So what more does he need to do? Like he turned down way more money overseas, right? He really believed yeah. in Tim Connolly's vision, some other people in the front office as well. So why not at least give him a chance? Why not give him some steady run here 
the next couple weeks. I don't necessarily foresee it happening, Evan, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, I don't see it happening either. Um, but I, I, I wish it did. Uh, I, I'm probably one of the few people who think Garza has a higher upside than Nas Reed and a higher ceiling than Nas Reed can reach. I, I believe there, there's somewhat similarities between the two. And I'm not saying that Garza immediately is a better player than Nas Reed right now. I, I just see something with him. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be a fantastic defender, but is Nas Reed? I just feel like there's something with Garza and, and the whole thing with work ethic. You know, that's the thing I really love about Luca. the stuff he told me about him losing weight. I, I knew that stuff too. I think that's something you can't teach. I mean, the kid, he's proven that he works so hard. I've watched videos with him and his dad. You know, his dad likes to train him. Uh, and you just see a kid who who's willing to do what it takes to really fulfill his NBA dream. And when we're speaking of, you know, the Timberwolves having effort issues, effort things, you know, yeah, why you wouldn't not? need to question it with, with Luca. Exactly. I'm with why, you. Yeah, I'm with you, Evan. A, yeah. Why not take a flyer on on... on you know, when it things, I understand immediately, but if things don't, you know, start to turn around, I mean, why not give guys like Josh, Josh Mina and guys like Luca Garza, guys who are going to come in and really try, right? Jalen Noel, you want to give him more run. I think Jalen goes out there and he shows no fear every time he steps out in the court. He looks like he's there for blood. And I love that. I, that's my one of my favorite things about Jalen Noel. Yeah, he might not be a great defender, but when he steps on the court, he's a killer. He doesn't care how big you are. He's going to put the ball in the paint. And, and I love that about a player. And so if these guys aren't going to show you that they want to play hard, why not give guys run? I'm with you. Like, you know, how maddening was it? The Miami game, Angelo Russell turned up his defense for a couple possessions late in that game, not up just one notch, but many notches. And I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. But D'Angelo, where is that effort? Way more often. Where is that killer instinct? And the interesting thing on D'Angelo, I remember being at Media Day talking to people, you know, on background. And they were saying, and he had just become a dad for the first time. His significant other gave birth just 24 or 48 hours prior to Media Day. But just a bunch of Wolves people said, and it wasn't just that day, but, you know, some of the times he had been in the gym over the summer here in town, that they just felt like like there was this different vibe, this different aura with D'Angelo. But unfortunately, we just we haven't seen it really come to fruition on the court. So, you know, there's all sorts of just different questions we can we can opine about, wonder about Evan. You know, I just I with my buddy Mike Gensel. He's a he's a pro scout for the Arizona Coyotes, but he's a passionate Wolves fan. He follows the NBA, right? I mean, the NHL is his you know job, and you know, heck, his son is a great player for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So he's always going to track it, but. Sometimes he likes some distraction. So the NBA for him is a nice distraction. And I framed a question to him this way earlier today. The Wild have played 21 games. The Wolves have played 21 games. Of those two, who do you believe in more for the rest of the year? And he didn't hesitate. He said Wild. And he pointed to the effort thing. Like, I didn't need to take him down that path per se. Like, he's brought that up to me. Right? That's just, you know, that's a guy that works in professional sports. So he knows, you know, what it takes to to compete at a high level. But, you know, he's just a fan of the NBA, doesn't have any sort of basketball background. But, like, he can point to the effort thing. So I'd like to think the effort will improve. Like, 
past it, but you know, I guess I can't really necessarily even believe it until I see it. Right. And, and, and here's the thing. I don't know if you've heard this comparison anywhere before, but this is just something that I've thought about in my head. So I'm a, you know, big Minnesota sports fan, you know, in general, you know, I love the Vikings, you know, I love the wild, all, all the teams I'm loyal to uh, just from growing up in Minnesota. And, and so I look at the Minnesota Vikings season this year, they're what nine and two. The team looks like they're having fun. You know, they got Kevin O'Connell. They have all those things going on with Kirko chains. They got the videos and the team playing, you know, they even got the owner Ziggy celebrating in the locker room. And you look at how much fun that team's having. You know, I looked at the talent on that roster. Yes, they had talent before the season started. Their defense, you know, has issues and holes in it. So for me, I always looked at, you know, the Vikings, yes, they're a really good team. They could be, you know, overachieving a little bit. And I, and I don't want to say it in a bad way to bash them. I just think that shows if you come together as a team and you have camaraderie and you believe that you can win those games. They're winning those late games, the Vikings. And then I want to flip that to the Wolves side where I don't see that. I don't see the team I saw last year. I don't see people smiling, having fun, loving each other, you know, doing all those weird little things that matter. They don't look like a team. They look like a bunch of really talented individuals out there playing together. And then you just look at the Vikings where it just looks like they really do believe they're never out of any game and that they can come together. Have you ever thought of those parallels? Well, sure. I mean, amen. I mean, I certainly have looked at the parallel here. You're right. How joyful was that Wolves roster 100%. last year? And in many ways, how joyless is this year's roster? Right? So that's the parallel. That's the comparison we can make. Look at last year's Wolves team. Look at this year's Wolves team. You're right about it. About the Vikings. But, like, let's just keep it Wolves-centric, Right. And, you know, look at who's missing. Well, I think Jared Vanderbilt last year had a lot to do with that. I think, well, certainly at this Beverly had a lot to do with that. You mm -hmm. know, I think Pat can guys as the year goes on. Right? But he also demands respect, right, from the south side of Chicago. You don't F with Pat Beverly, no. right? But certainly this time last year, end of November into December, right, when the Wolves started to catch fire, right, Pat Bev – had a lot to do with that. A lot of the joy that was that was resonating with the Wolves was because of Pat and that as well. You know, who's going to be that ringleader this year? You know, I think Torian Prince has tried, right? It doesn't help when he's not in the – he should be back by the end of next week. This is not any sort of long-term issue. But, you know, he's out of the lineup, you know, again tonight. You'd love to have him against Memphis tonight because you know Memphis – that's a joyful team, right? 100%. That's a team with all sorts of great camaraderie, right? Yep. We know that. I mean, even minus Devin Bain, you know, they're still playing pretty good ball, right? It helps to have Jaron Jackson Jr. back. But, you know, point is Memphis, you know, and trust me, you know, with Tyus there and with David Roddy, you know, two twin tracking, you know, what Memphis is doing. And, you know, I'm positive. That's, that's a joyful team, right? That's a good thing. And so, you know, could it still happen here? It could, but so far, I mean, all we can evaluate is what we've seen so far, and we don't necessarily see any of that joy. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out as well who is the leader. You know, you look at guys like Torian Prince. You look at guys like Austin Rivers. Austin is a leader, and it helps now that he's playing. I just think, Evan, it's really hard to be a leader 
when you don't play. Right. Exactly. So the fact that he's now getting run and I'm okay with him getting run and I'm okay with him getting even more run than he has. Right. But I just think it was hard earlier in the year for him to truly lead when he wasn't playing. I agree. I think he should get some run. I think he's, he's played, you know, pretty solid so far since he's got playing time. I love, I love watching the way he hustles uh, on defense. And I think that leadership thing, you know, I think, like you said, if you're not playing, it's hard to really, you know, follow that to the same extent as a guy who would be playing. So hopefully, you know, that starts to change. But, you know, Torian Prince last year, I feel like I always heard like he was, you know, he he led, um, you know, he, he would go into what, the, the hotel rooms with guys and everything, you know, but he was more kind of, you know, the even field leader, right? And he's not, he probably doesn't, you know, up in your face like a Patrick Beverly. And so I'm, I'm just trying to figure out who's, you know, maybe Austin can be that, but they need somebody to really step up. I know a lot of people thought Rudy Gobert could probably bring some of that in. Yeah, I don't think he had that in Salt Lake City. Like everything I, I heard think... from Salt Lake City people was good dude, well-liked, not a guy that teammates gravitated towards. Not like anything bad, just isn't that going to galvanize things he just he wasn't that guy in utah i don't think he's going to be that guy here anytime soon yeah i don't i don't think so either it's just not his personality and, there, and there's really nothing wrong with that you know i at this point are is it are we confident in saying carl and Dilo just aren't probably meant to be leaders it's just for their personality and what the sample size in their career has shown well i mean you know, eight years in, you know, if you were going to be this, this Uber leader, we probably would have seen it by now. So yeah, I think, I think that's, that's fair to say. I mean, I, I think at some point Ant needs to be the alpha, right? Now maybe he's the alpha right now, if we want to have that conversation, but at some point the clear cut alpha, right? I think Ant needs to be that guy. I think, you know, the time has come and gone. Not that can't, can't be, you know, a one B or a good team, but to be the guy, the leader. I just think there's too much of a sample size so far in his career to suggest that's just not him. Yeah. And I think it's still a lot of pressure to put on a kid like Anthony Edwards in his third year, but could he take that step? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he kind of splits it with, you know, some of the vets that we named, um, you know, maybe is there anything on the horizon that the wolves would eventually look at on the NBA trade deadline? I don't even know if that's even possible, but yeah, I mean, you know, they have some guys. I mean, you know, I mean, if Tim wants to do some stuff, you've got D'Angelo's expiring contract. You've got Torian Prince's expiring contract. Yeah. I mean, Nas and Jalen are expiring as well. You know, now they've tried to extend Jalen. Heck they've tried to extend Nas as well, but yes, right now, as we sit here, those are contracts, you know, as far as I can tell, there's nothing, there's nothing really percolating. I mean, trade talk, Till mid-December anyway. Now Tim's going to do his job, literally his job, is to take the temperature of other front offices. So he's going to do that. But, you know, as we're sitting here on November 30th in the afternoon, like I don't sense the Wolves are remotely close to any sort of roster change. Yeah, I, I don't either. But, and, you know, speaking of roster change, what kind of popped in my head, and I, I know a lot of Timberwolves fans probably want to know, you know, what what happens with D'Angelo Russell? Like, do the Timberwolves say, 
if he continues to play this way, if the Wolves continue to play this way, do they go, hey, why don't we see what we can get for him on the, on the trade deadline? Or do they, you know, ride it off to the end of the year and then part ways? Because, you know, at that at this point, it, it's not looking like D'Angelo Russell is going to have a future with the Timberwolves. Yeah, but it's not like you create all this cap space if he just walks away in July. So you'd like to think, hopefully you can recoup some for, for him. I mean, I still view him as an asset, right? I mean, he can still do some things on the court. And as an expiring contract, that certainly is an asset. But you'd be looking at a trade where you're taking back additional years, right? You're taking back term, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's somebody like a Terry Rozier or a Mike Conley Jr., you know, somebody of that ilk that's got, you know, control, you know, whether it's a player option or whatever it might be, just multiple years left on, on a contract. You know, some team is looking to shed money, so they would take back D'Angelo's expiring contract. You would take back more money. And, you know, you think about the Wolves, where they might be in a few years in terms of the luxury. Their aunt signs a max extension, right? I mean, you got to be a little bit careful there, right? I mean, it's one thing to go into the luxury tax if you're the Golden State Warriors, you're a championship team, or the Milwaukee Bucks. Right, the Wolves are not in a to be going into the luxury tax when they haven't even won a playoff series, right? So, like, you got to be careful on on that front. But you know, I would think it's something that that Tim at some point may entertain if it keeps, as you alluded to, keeps trending this direction. I mean, put it this way: this office has never come close to signing Russell to a contract extension, right? So, I mean, that tells us something because Russell has certainly desired you know, getting that extension, but nothing has come remotely close. Now they can continue to play this thing out. Maybe it changes. Maybe by June we're saying, hey, look, it clicked. The Wolves were the five or the six seed. They won a playoff series. Russell played well. You know, like we can't just let him in that cap space. So, of course, we're going to pay him. We can't do any better than him. So let's pay him then, re-sign him. But 21 games, you know, yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say as we approach February, not right now, but as we approach February, it keeps trending in this direction. He's going to have to see if there's a team out willing to take on Russell's expiring deal to send back somebody that can help the Wolves more. Now, if you, I agree, but if, let's say, you know, we're, we're in the office, you and I, we're discussing what we can do uh, moving forward with the point guard. We're coming up with the trade on Doogie. Uh, do you think we stick with Russell or do we go with, you know, maybe a more traditional floor general, you know, not a, as much of a ball dominant shooter, you could say a scoring point guard. Do we go with somebody who's more of just that traditional floor general? You know, you think of the perfect fit being like maybe a guy like Tyus Jones. Obviously, they wouldn't be able to trade for Tyus. Not saying that. I'm just saying, do you think going for maybe a floor general as we're seeing that positive play from a guy like J-Mac off her bench right now, like, is that a direction where you know, you would be aiming if you, if you were. Well, I mean, about I'm a big Jordan McLaughlin fan, right? So don't you guy in house, right? I mean, if you're just looking for a pure pass first you, point you guard, if you're looking to emphasize oh. ball movement, I mean, wouldn't you just, wouldn't you play Jordan McLaughlin more? But is he a starter? Like, I don't Well, maybe he's not a starter, well, but you know, like who exactly are you bringing in? Like who fits that mold? That's a good question. Like I Indiana's mean... backup guard, TJ? I mean, does he really move the But, I mean, he would fit that mold. Uh, like, who else fits? I mean, it is, it, it's tough to say. I mean, it, is the Conley-D'Angelo-Russell swap as bad as people really think? Conley playing with Gobert before? 
Yeah, I just at 35 years old. I mean, he's out right now with an injury. I'd be, I'd be hesitant to take on Mike Conley Jr. And I love him as a player, right? But like at 35, you know, like is the body going to break down that much more? I forget what the number is for next year. I think it's a player option. I don't have his contract right in front of me, Evan. So maybe you know better than I do. But I thought he had the hammer. I didn't think Utah had the hammer. I thought he had the hammer, or maybe it's just fully guaranteed for next year. Maybe he's a free agent after next year, but option for next year. But, you know, at 35 years old, is he really going to hit the open market? I would think he would opt into whatever that big number is. So I I would hesitate on on something like that. I've had other people say, you know, would you call Brooklyn, you know, and take back Ben Simmons? Like, my comeback to that is, heck no. Like, you can't take back that Ben Simmons contract. Oh, no, you know, definitely. 18 months ago, okay, different conversation. But now that we know what we've seen the last 18 months, you know, because Gerson tried to get Ben, you know, big time. Uh, but you couldn't take back Ben Simmons right now. So, you know, I just – I don't know if there's a there's a great deal out there to be had. I mean, I know a lot of people like Terry Rozier. When I say a lot of people fans, I don't know if anyone is a big Terry Rozier fan or not. But, like, Terry needs to take shots. He wants the ball. Right. So like, what's the point in having Jalen Noel if you bring in Terry Rozier at big money? So I, you know, I don't know. There's a great match, but you know, those things, you know, sort of, you know, oftentimes sort themselves out as, as we get closer to the deadline. So, you know, I'll have my finger on the pulse of that, you know, in January and February, not so much right now, but you know, top of my head, I'm like, no, I don't think I want that Conley contract for next year with his injury history. Okay, so so going off that, let's move off the players real quick, and let's get into you know the last you know thing I really wanted to ask you about today, and that's that's you know Chris Finch here. That's the coach moving forward. Uh, I saw that you were on what the Mackey and Judge score north, and and you brought up something about Quinn Snyder. So people that listening- was complete. Yeah, Evan, let, I'll clarify right now. That was- you can listen to it, watch it on YouTube. That was complete reckless speculation. A theme we have on Score North is on Thursdays, we recklessly speculate. So I brought a theme of Thursday to Tuesday. So I was on with just Judd Zolgad yesterday, Tuesday, November 29th. It was complete reckless speculation. The fact of the matter is, which I did point this out too, by the way, it just got lost among the aggregators, is that Chris Finch signed an extension this calendar year. He signed an extension in early April, late March into early April. Mark Laurie drove the bus on this. Mark still has a healthy opinion of the Wolves are not firing Chris Finch after 21 or 22 or 23 games. They still think very, very highly of Chris Finch. Chris Finch right now is not on any sort of hot seat. I merely recklessly speculated knowing that Quinn Snyder knows how to coach Rudy Gobert. And to me, he's a top five tactician like Quinn Snyder is going to coach somewhere next year too so that's why I merely tossed it out in hindsight I regret tossing it out because it's been aggregated way too much because there's no actual truth to that situation yeah I didn't get a chance to listen to it myself I I just saw it kind of going around so I just (laughs) I wanted to personally bring up the question because you'd obviously I'm glad you did I mean one other thing I'll clarify on too is I made a point about I've had dialogue with people and just about everybody I've interacted with said they would undo, if they could, they would undo the Rudy Gobert trade. While I also said it's way too small sample size to draw any 
you know, final conclusions, write the final chapter. I said that everybody I've interacted with said they would undo the trade. Let me clarify. That's nobody in the front office. Tim Connolly, Del Demps. Del Demps was in Utah with Quinn Snyder, by the way. Del Demps is now in the Wolves front office. He knows Rudy well. You know, he was big on the let's trade for Rudy Gobert train. But, you know, Tim Connolly is the final decision maker. So clearly Tim was on board with acquiring Rudy Gobert. But nobody, Tim, Del, you know, go up and down the list of people in that front office. Suchin, Matt Lloyd, uh, Manny, all those guys. Nobody is saying they would reverse the Rudy Gobert trade. It's fans. Let me just make that very clear. Fans. I'm out and about a lot, Evan. I've got two young boys that are in competitive youth basketball. I'm at gyms just about every weekend. You're in a basketball gym, and oftentimes it's a high school or a middle school where there's 15 games going on, so you've got time to kill in between games. So you just you wait in the hallway. And guess yeah. what? When you're on TV, people notice you, right? So I'm on TV here in the Twin Cities on Channel 5. People know what I look like. When you do this long enough, I've been doing this 25 years on TV and radio here in the Twin Cities, people get to know you, which is fine. I'm an outgoing individual. Come up and interact with me. I'm in these gyms, these high schools, and I'm trying to kill time and conversations are had. And you're in a basketball gym or school or event. Guess what? The wolves come up. Certainly the Vikings come up a lot, but the wolves come up enough. And inevitably brings up, hey, I wish the wolves still had Jared Vanderbilt. I wish the wolves still had their first round pick next June. Hey, Walker Kessler looks like he's pretty good for Utah, right? Gosh, the Wolves really miss Pat Beverly, right? That stuff comes up all the time. Did the Wolves really need to give up that much for Gobert? Who were they bidding against? Who else was giving Utah assets? Those conversations come up all the time, Evan. So I am pointing more toward fans. Nobody that really, really matters. Nobody on the coaching staff. Nobody in the front office. Glenn, I have a relationship with with the owner, right? But not Glenn. Nobody that really, really matters. It's nobody of that ilk that would undo the Rudy Gobert trade. Maybe deep down they would, but they certainly haven't told me that. I'm alluding more toward conversations I've had with fans. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up because that has definitely been going around and, and people that are listening are, are going, hopefully that sets their mind at ease or or sets their opinion, I, I guess you should say. But um, I guess, you know, Doogie, Tonight, the, the Timberwolves look to play the Memphis Grizzlies. Before we just, you know, end this podcast, what, like, what do you think happens in tonight's game? Is are the Timberwolves just kind of running random? Like, is Finch going to throw out just kind of just random lineups, mix things up? Like, what are we going to see tonight? Is there anything different now that Carl's out? Well, I'm going to see different with you know Carl's 38 minutes off the floor how do they distribute those minutes I've not been on Twitter because I've had this anchor you know page open here on my on my laptop you know going back and forth with you Evan for the last you know 50 minutes or so so I don't have my tweet deck open so I don't have any update I left my cell phone on the charger in the kitchen so I haven't checked my cell phone either but like if Jada McDaniels plays that'll be a big deal I was told this morning, or maybe it was last night, I'd have to check the text messages, but that he was feeling better. I know the Wolves listed him as questionable. Maybe there was some buzz from shoot-around. We had a crew at shoot-around. Channel 5 did. I was not there this morning, but if Jaden was at the facility this morning, I guess that would trend 
in a good direction for him playing. I don't know if he's playing or not. I just I was told he was feeling better. But if Jaden McDaniels plays tonight, that'll be a big deal. But you know, I foresee Kyle Anderson playing a lot more. I would imagine they start Kyle, but I don't even know that, Kevin. You know, with Nas Reed coming off the bench, I don't think Kyle starts at the four. But no, I don't think we're going to see anything too crazy outside of Nas playing a bit more and Kyle playing a bit more. You know, we're still going to see a heavy dose of D'Lo, of Ant, of Gobert, right? With Jalen off the bench. You know, McLaughlin won't be back until Saturday. Torian Prince is still out. So we'll see, you know, Austin Rivers like we've seen the last few games. But no, you know, tonight, no, I don't foresee, you know, us seeing anything you know, overly drastic outside of, you know, Kyle Anderson playing more minutes. Well, I guess only time will tell, Doogie. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do tonight and how they play now without Carl Anthony Towns moving forward. Uh, it's been great having you on. Thanks for dealing with all the issues behind the scenes we've had today. Uh, Doogie, anything else you want to add real quick? No, no, I appreciate you having me on. Trust me, I I understand you know, the technology hiccups. I was telling you off, Mike, that I'll never forget. I had what I thought was a pretty good interview with Jerry Kill. It had nothing to do with my line of questioning. I just thought he gave me really good answers. It was soon after he had to had to leave his, his post as Gophers coach. And I thought I had saved the interview and it was gone. I just, I, you know, I hit some wrong button. I did something wrong and I did something wrong and we couldn't, you know, we couldn't salvage it. And so this, brilliant interview at least in my mind you know uh nobody got to listen to it and so i was i was upset by that so yeah maybe i should have just hopped on my laptop right from the get-go we were trying to go back and forth with me on my iphone right we tried that three or four times and there were just hiccups but yeah i think i think the laptop worked well so we'll have to do it with the laptop moving forward but trust me i haven't understand it so no problem whatsoever i appreciate you welcoming me on all right timberwolves fans you know uh thanks so much for listening doogie thanks again uh hopefully we'll get you on sometime in the future doogie and hopefully trip will be with us next time Uh, other than that as always go wolves